it's interesting how the video we made two years ago was kind of all driven by a website that we discovered. And similarly to that is going to be the same kind of reason for the video today. I was looking for a clip from Husker's stream. I actually happened upon a clip from just a couple days ago of him in what I believe is a Warzone Rivals or a streamer tournament. I don't have all the context on what exactly was going on, but basically um, you're going to see the clip, but the the viewers in the, the chat, someone asked him, you know, are you playing in a custom lobby? And he explained to them, this isn't a custom lobby, but Activision set up our account so that we would all matchmake each other. And that way we could play on a dedicated server, but still be all in the lobby together for this customs tournament. And basically, in doing so, kind of acknowledged that Activision does have the ability to directly control what lobbies people can get into like direct control not only of you know skill-based matchmaking of putting you in a lobby of similarly skilled players but literally they they can set that to whatever parameter they want they can set it to individual accounts they can set it to other factors um and yeah basically just confirmed that there is a relationship there between activision and the streaming community for call of duty and also that you know there is a uh, a level of control that activision exercises over the gameplay experience that these streamers have yeah i mean let's just play the clip honestly i'm just excited to to have everyone here and see this clip because it's honestly unbelievable I, it's really really unbelievable i'm just gonna roll it real quick Is this a private match? Uh, it's not a customs match, but they they basically whitelisted all 54 of our accounts to where when we queue into like a public mini royale game, we're the only ones that will be in the same game. Or like we'll all be in the same game. So it's, it's essentially a customs lobby. But what? Like what? Here, the craziest part about the rank it. Am I in Warzone? The craziest part about it is like he bear, he doesn't even really seem to. I don't even I don't even think that he understands the ramifications of what he's saying and admitting to in this context. Like you know, obviously at face value, he's answering a question from the stream about like, hey, how is it possible to do? A tournament like this how does that work exactly and then he explains the logistics of it which proves that this functionality does exist in the game to say have the developers select certain players and decide what lobbies they can be put in or can't be put in which well, is I insane mean, yeah so you know we made a video about activision whitelisting right streamers into easy lobbies to have a enjoyable experience for the viewers watching to make the game look fun um, to help market the game and make it look appealing to people that may already play or be interested in trying the game out um, you know there is a a correlation between time played and money spent and they're trying to obviously make as much money as possible and they use these streamers and their influence and network as a means to that end you know, there's been a lot of 
data collected on how much money is made off of Twitch and how Twitch and YouTube and other media platforms like TikTok as well, uh, you know, how they influence and impact the sales of a game, player retention. And it's no secret that games that have a lot of viewers on Twitch typically get more sales and they have more active concurrent players on their on their games. So, you know, Activision uses these Twitch streamers to market their game, to promote it, to get more sales, to retain players. And, you know, we talked about this a couple of years ago, and this is really just another little clip kind of substantiating the the possibility and likelihood of that happening. Yeah, I mean, it's insane uh, to hear that just such like irrefutable proof at this point where someone as reputable as Huskers, who's a very prolific streamer in the Call of Duty space, he's a Call of Duty partner. He, I mean, you know, he's a he's a really big top dog uh, who is legitimately acknowledging hands down a whitelist exists it will a whitelist we theorized before allows these people on the whitelist to never be banned for cheating or hacking or anything like that but also this whitelist allows people which he is saying definitively uh, it allows people to be hand-picked or kind of selected out of the group to only be allowed to match into certain lobbies or with certain people or and then you have to think like well how do those systems work right he says let's just replay it really quick the part where he kind of explains the type of lobby this is that will be in the same game only ones that will be in the same game or like we'll all be in the same game so it's it's essentially a customs lobby he says it's essentially a customs lobby and that they're all on this white list that says only these players are allowed to match with each other that are on this list. So then thus they all will end up in the same game for this tournament. But so if the criteria for how this works is you put these people on a certain type of list and then it says they can only match in lobbies that fit X criteria... Think of the other ways that system can be used, right? How far-fetched truly is it, and it isn't at this point, to assume that it just takes one little extra step further that they would have these exact same content creators that he has just said are on these white lists, and to say these content creators in the COD Partners program they're going to get matched into lower skill bracket lobbies so they can make really interesting content, really exciting high kill game content, you know, really, really um, the type of gameplay that will make people look at the stream and say, that looks like a really fun game. That looks like a really fun experience. I want to do that too. And then they go and download the game. They go and buy the game. They go and purchase the skin that the the streamer is wearing when they're doing really well at the game, because it makes them feel like they can do. This is no, which, by the way, that psychology is not ridiculous. I mean, people would buy back in the day 
our parents' generation probably, you know, uh, for most of you or, or even your, you know, some of you when you were growing up bought Nike shoes because it made you feel like you could be, uh, um, an athlete. You bought Jordans because when you wore them on the basketball court, it made you feel like you could maybe play half as good as Michael Jordan. You know, like that is real psychology and it applies similarly to, to when someone's running the hundred thieves skin in call of duty and they're doing amazing and you see them do that. And then you want to go buy the skin so that you feel like you can do amazing too. Well, you know, I, I want to point out, so we have data here that explicitly states that Twitch viewership has contributed to an uptake of, in some cases, 25% in game sales, right? So we know that people watching your game on Twitch is going to sell you more copies of your game. It's going to retain players, right? Uh, and a perfect example is Symphony. I think he's like the biggest Warzone streamer. He averages like 15,000 viewers, absolutely nuts for the Call of Duty category. Uh, that's like an eighth of the category on a weekend. Uh, all held solely by him, right? So we did this video two years ago, and in that video, the Warzone stats prior to Activision covering up and hiding the API data so that we would not have access to the broader uh, population stats to actually get a good gauge on SBMM. We showed you uh, that, you know, Symphony with a 4.7, I think it was, KD, four upwards of five KD, was on average playing in what the website categorized as bronze lobbies, of players with 0.6, 0.7 average KDs, and me with a 2.4 or 2.5, whatever I had, was playing in diamond lobbies with players that had an average of a 1.2 KD, right? So you could see a massive disparity there. Why is someone with way better stats than me getting in way easier lobbies consistently, right? And we checked not only, you know, with... We checked not only with... Uh, Symphony, but we checked with Mutex, Huskers. Like, we looked at a litany of big popular streamers with influence and impact on the Call of Duty community that would be advantageous or viable partners for Activision to help market the Call of Duty games, right? So we saw this data. We looked at it. We looked at my stats. We looked at Chandler's stats. We looked at the stats of these big streamers. There was a massive disparity there. And we theorized as to why that could be based on the information that, you know, a whitelist exists that exempts these popular streamers from being banned via match reporting. Uh, Activision knows who these people are. They're aware of them. They're Call of Duty partners. They know not to ban them, to, to prevent that from happening to them. Now we know that they can control what lobbies they get put in. We, we theorized that before. Now we have definitive confirmation from a Call of Duty partner that that is the case. And then, you know, who's to say that, that they're not controlling what lobbies they get in? Why wouldn't they put them in easier lobbies, right? Because we know that that's going to help game sales, right? They want the game to look fun. And, you know, you think about... Why is that a problem? Why? What is okay? So, what's the big deal, right? Streamers get in easier lobbies than you. Who cares? Or Activision can control they get in lobbies for tournaments, right? Who cares? Why does that matter? Well, the reason that it's that it's morally objectionable, and I, I want to clarify before I go into this, this is not targeted at the streamers, right? The intent of our content is not to villainize Symphony or Huskers or Mutex or any popular. Warzone content creator, right? Because I don't think that that they're necessarily in on it. I don't think that they have any control. I think that these are things probably Activision does to them, does to their accounts, and may, maybe does or does not disclose to them that it's the case. But it's not up to them, I don't think. And uh, this is really about 
the the greed and the you know kind of scummy practices that Activision in, in, engages in when it comes to marketing their game and trying to get sales and, and taking advantage of the consumer, right? Why does it matter that they're getting an easier lobbyist than you, right? Why should you care? Well, the problem is that when you watch these streamers and you see them have fun and you see them in good lobbies, they're doing well, they're smiling, they're, they're having a great time, right? It makes you want to buy the game. It makes you want to buy the, the, the guns they use, the skins they use, to play like them, to be like them, right? It makes you want to experience what they're experiencing. And the problem is that the experience they're having is an experience that is not accessible to you because you will not be put in lobbies with players worse than you. You will not be put in easy lobbies. You, when you buy the game, will be put in a lobby of people with commensurate skill to you every single time. And the problem with that is that they are selling an experience to you that you will never have because you are not going to have access to the same benefits, the same privileges that these people uh, that you're watching play the game do. It's literally a form of false advertising, in my opinion. It's false advertising. Because you are selling an experience that those players do not have access to and will not have access to. And you know that beforehand. You know that they are not going to be whitelisted into easy lobbies. They're not going to have the same fun, consistently easy experience, fulfilling experience that they're watching these other people have before they make the decision to buy the game, right? Because you know for a fact that we have data that shows it too. These players playing these games and making them look fun and doing well, it informs people's decision to put money into that game, to invest money into content within that game, thinking that they are going to find the, the same joy, the same experience, the same fulfillment and entertainment in the content that they're watching someone else have. But the problem is that Activision is manipulating that behind the scenes, not disclosing that to the consumer, and you are basically being tricked into paying for something that you cannot have. Yeah, I mean, you know, to play a little bit of devil's advocate with that, I mean, unfortunately, I would liken it more to how um, for a car commercial or for like a Dos Equis commercial or something, you know, uh, it shows, you know, if you buy this product, you will get tons of women and you will have fun parties and everyone will love you and you'll be cool and all that kind of stuff. Like it's unfortunately this like gray area where it, while it is a little bit of false advertising in a way, it's not so, it's not something that you can really get in trouble for. Um, because Call of Duty doesn't exactly explicitly advertise like you will get this exact experience if you buy the game. That's just, and but see that the fact that it isn't explicit is the problem, right? Because there's this study that actually I didn't link this to you, uh, Hunter. I apologize. There's a study that uh, they did. A student did at the School of Graduate Studies, East Tennessee State University, with the supervision of several doctorates. Uh, you know, or with the supervision of several, you know, doctorate holding professors and everything like that uh, in the technology field. Uh, titled "Effects of Video Game Streaming on Consumer Attitudes and Behaviors," and one thing they definitively concluded, at minimum through their experiments. If I can find it, uh, fucking really quick. Sorry. Very good, man. Pyt. Um, so one thing they 
proved very definitively in their experiments at minimum is that streaming and watching these video game streams are viewed as some of the most credible sources of information for players and potential consumers and purchasers, right? So they had a hard time proving like a super hyper significant strong correlation between uh, just in this one particular experiment with like a very particular sample size, et cetera, whatever. Um, they had a harder time proving like a strong correlation between like direct, I'm watching a stream, now I'm buying a thing because there's a lot of steps in between. There's a lot of variables that are at play there, but they very easily proved that heavier like people who are familiar with this field at all, like gamers, when they're watching streamers play a game in what appears to be a very organic, casual kind of setting where it's just this unedited, free-flowing, I'm just sitting down playing a game format, they're way more likely to ha to perceive that content as useful, credible, and a valuable source of information, which they obviously then apply when they are making their decisions like like you can you know and they state even in this uh study too um they say that therefore it, it would suggest and you can assume that 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 correlation between the perceived usefulness of the information the perceived credibility the streamers have playing the game that they would use that information when they're making their purchasing decisions and their decisions on what game to play when they sit down after they come home from school or work or whatever. Not a very big logical leap there. Right. I mean, we already know that it informs their decision and it, that is what they consider a credible, valuable source of information. What do they do with that information, right? It influences how they view the game, whether or not they'll purchase the game, how they'll play the game, right? That's exactly what that does. So... I don't think it's a uh, a very far leap at all. I mean, it, to me, it, it makes logical sense, right? We know that we have a study from a senior analyst at Twitch saying that Twitch impacts video game sales for the positive. We know that streamers inform the consumer and the viewer on the game. So why, if we have both of those independent confirmed facts available to us why can we not aggregate them <laughs> to come to the conclusion that streamers are being utilized by the publisher to sell because if we know that activision knows that right you kind of have to assume that activision and and their uh analysts and people who keep track of this data and market and are in charge of making sure that the game is being, you know, shotgunned out to the largest consumer base possible and is made appealing to a broader audience. You have to assume that they know this too, right? So why would it... I, I don't think it's far off at all. It, it doesn't seem like something that you can't... Uh, you can't take two independent things and, and find the, the commonality between them and how they uh, work in tandem with each other for the benefit of a publisher that we already know has very shady practices and does whatever they can to, uh, you know, psyop and manipulate players into uh, spending money on the game and, and getting them to interact with their product the way that they want them to, right? So, yeah, I mean, you know, 
why you have to think Activision, you know, this is a multi-billion dollar franchise, multi-billion dollar company, very much for profit. They've always been about maximizing those profits uh, in their business strategy. And why would they create a COD partnership program where people can dole out creator codes when people go to make purchases, et cetera, et cetera. Um, those creator codes are used as tracking codes that they can track which creators are driving the most sales when people input those codes to make purchases, blah, blah, blah. Why would all that infrastructure be set up? Why would they be messing around with these you know, little content creators on the internet if it did not mean that it drove sales up? that it improved player retention, that it increased interest and credibility for their product. It is amazing marketing. It is some of the best marketing you can pay for in this space. And be, be, like we said, because of that high credibility that people associate with streaming content. So it it is absolutely now that we have this definitive uh evidence of a top cod creator saying that there is a whitelist that exists he is on it here he is here's his creator code huskers he's on it um and uh it was used in this one scenario to make this tournament happen this technology exists, the means exist to make this happen, of course they will apply it for greater means to to profit more on their game. Of course they will utilize it like that. Do you think the only reason they went through the trouble of creating this complex system of a whitelist of all how all of these systems can work and commingle that they would go through all this trouble just to make a tournament happen for 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 kicks no you don't pay programmers and analysts and all these people to do all this work for tons of man hours and spend all this money to create these systems so that you can't make tons of money off of them you don't do it just for a little fun event that's not how it works. So this is, I mean, I believe at this point, and I'll put my seal of a, like I'll put all my chips on the line to say definitively there is, not only obviously is there a whitelist, but it's being used to very, in a very, underhanded way in a very kind of i consider a devious way to market this product as ultimately an experience that you can never get because these streamers are on a list that puts them in easier lobbies and we've done the research on that already we saw the top warzone streamer is in bronze lobbies here it is there's symphony bronze one consistently, consistently bronze bron maybe a gold if if we're lucky we're getting in diamonds every lobby bronze we're getting in diamonds and golds symphony is getting in silvers and bronzes on average 
with all of his friends, by the way, who are pro gamers, who are pro yeah competitive. Yeah, not to mention, not only is he in a party where he has a, a five KD, but everyone he's playing with has a five KD too, right? It's not like there's a bot on their team or they're reverse boosting off something. They all ha- they have a full party of five KDs. Yeah, these and are, they're in a bronze. Lobby. These are pro players from the pro CDL circuit that he's queuing with. Silver lobbies, bronze lobbies, blah blah blah. We consistently get high gold, high diamond. It's disproportionately out of whack. And so we know they're getting in easier lobbies. And this is the top creator. This is the top streamer for Modern Warfare 2 right now. That's him. And there's TP as well. He's like fourth. There's mute. Like these guys, like they're all together. They're all in on this together. And they're all benefiting. They're all going up and up together. And so we know they're getting easier lobbies. And that's because this system's in place. The whitelist is in place. It allows them to make sure they get in easier lobbies because no one wants to watch a stream of Symphony dying 18 times in a row because of a no- like just the BS that we know is in Modern Warfare 2. We know we've all been playing the I don't even I don't hate Modern Warfare 2, but it's an unforgiving experience if you're actually getting matched with players at your skill level and you have a higher than a 1.2 KD. It's a fucking relentless experience <laughs> if you're in yeah. those, those brackets. And yeah. no one wants to watch that. It's boring because you're dying half of the time or more. And maybe once every, you know, once every two two lobbies, you'll get like a you know once every three lobbies you might get an okay gameplay out of it but like that's boring it's a boring watch experience and it doesn't market the game super well because that's not fun not only is it not fun to watch it doesn't look too fun to play either if symphony would be there throwing his controller at his wall so um you know there is so like it just goes so deep at this point and i well, you know Go on. Go ahead. No, no, no. no. I was going to say, well, you know, I mean, I, to clarify again, I'm not, I think ultimately it is Activision that should be vilified for yeah. doing this, right? No, I agree. And uh, and I think you make an excellent point about having the tools put together, having the infrastructure in place to whitelist streamers and big Warzone rivals, Twitch rivals, uh, you know, influencers that participate in these tournaments. They don't spend the money and the time and the resources developing a system like that and creating the infrastructure to use it once or to use it only for Twitch Rivals tournaments, right? Like once they have that, they're going to get every single thing they can out of it. We've seen them do it with every other resource, right? Skill-based matchmaking. I mean, the the freaking game's engines. I mean, they are going to use every last bit of a resource until it's gone and get every mile out of their infrastructure that they possibly can. So they're not going to have that system in place and then not use it, except sparingly, right? Same thing with skill-based matchmaking. We know that skill-based matchmaking has existed for years and years and years. Uh, There was a time when it was only implemented in certain game modes for certain people, right? Uh, Ranked playlists, etc. You know, league play, whatever it may be. But the, the systems, the infrastructure has always been in place. And now they are actually you know, maximizing their efficiency and getting every single last bit of use that they can out of those systems. Um, so I think you make a good point about that. I mean, if it exists, we would be foolish to say, oh, Activision is not using one of the tools in their toolkit. No, they're absolutely using every tool in their toolkit to make every dollar possible. And it shows because 
dude, it it's working. Like yeah. <laughs> the the <laughs> yeah, profits, best-selling COD in, in what ten years? The best-selling best-selling COD, COD of all time, I think. I, Modern Warfare Two is the best-selling COD of all time. Topped eight hundred million in sales revenue in only three days. You know, like it, it. This stuff is working so well. Why would they let off the gas? Why would they stop using all the tools in their toolkit? You don't hit these numbers by by not using every tool of the trade and trick in the book. You know what I mean? Like you. you they have pulled out all the stops at this point with Warzone 2 and now Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 2022. We are in the absolute full swing, most matured form of all these horrific things we read in those patents that came that were filed years ago about the skill-based matchmaking algorithms and how they will just trick people into feeling like they're having an experience that they're not really having and that the game is something it's not exactly and making lower skilled players, you know, just all these different things, you know, increasing retention, increasing purchasing, which, which we now know because some developers have come out and said definitively verbatim, these systems are made to maximize retention. They are literally created to make sure you never get off the game, that your play session lasts as long as it possibly can because the longer you play, the more likely it is that you'll buy something. And that's how every website is set up since the beginning of time. That's how every TV show has been set up since the inception of television. That's how it all works. Keep them engaged for as long as possible because the longer they're engaged, the more likely they are to buy. This is not yep. rocket science. And then whatever they buy, you can just change it whenever you want, right? So, I mean, speaking of buying, I mean, look at the the Rose skin, right? The LA Thief skin that they added to the game. I mean, you think they didn't know that that was going to be a problem when they were adding it to the game? I mean, they had to nerf the Rose skin twice in Warzone 1. Like, we had three renditions of the Rose skin. They were very aware uh that the you know that skin was causing issues in warzone one and you know i'm i'm pretty confident in saying rose was their best selling operator skin that was their best selling microtransaction bundle in that in warzone one for sure because you saw so many roses in every freaking lobby and you know they knew you don't think when they were when they were designing the cdl skins that someone in there in the art team was like hey uh didn't we already kind of have a problem with this but right. they're like, oh yeah, just just let them buy it. Let them buy it. Our EULA says that whatever you buy, we can remove it or change it at any time. So let them buy it. We'll we'll leave it out for the first couple of weeks. Let everyone buy it, and then we'll nerf it once we've gotten our money. Once we've gotten the sales, right? So yeah, they they are going to gouge every last penny that they can out of everything, knowing that they can get away with it. So yeah, I mean, you want to talk about you know buying? You see the streamers using the LA Thief skin. You see good players in your lobby using the LA Thief skin. It makes you buy it. Then once they've gotten their sales, once they feel like they've gotten, they've peaked in how many sales they're going to get from it, and it starts to become a problem in the community, and they they see people complaining, they see people stop playing, then they'll nerf it, right? So, yeah. This, by the way, and this these are dots that I don't see people like we. I know a lot of people I see that have read the patents that are like aware of what the patents claim and stuff like that that are filed 
that Activision filed uh, years ago that were standardizing these types of practices. But like, what happened with the LA Thieves skin? Make no mistake, is almost verbatim outlined in those patents. Like verbatim, we are literally seeing this all come to fruition in real time, right before our very eyes. Mostly in Warzone One, Modern Warfare Two, and now Warzone Two. This is when it's all really coalesced. We're finally in like the absolute most mature form of these terrible, terrible, in my opinion, very anti-consumer practices, very underhanded practices and trickery. Like they knew, like you said, the rose skin was a problem because of why was it a problem? Because it was hard, the hardest to see because it's all matte black and very hard to pick out in, you know, low light, especially in, in a lot of environments, especially from a distance, blah, blah, blah. Nothing high visibility on it whatsoever. They literally allow as new skin to come out years later. It's been years since the Rose thing. And they knew it was a problem then. And they let it happen again on purpose in this game so that this skin sells well because that's good if it sells well they know pe they know people want a skin that's all blacked out they know that so they gave it to them they allowed people to buy it for how long until yeah, they decided weeks, yeah yeah and after they decided i think we've made about all the money we were going to make let's now let's nerf it because we don't actually want this to like completely ruin the ecosystem of the game and the actual player experience like massively but after you know every streamer's rocking it all the pros are rocking it it's all over social it's all over a ton of promotional pictures and stuff like that then they finally nerf it by making it more high visibility and that's not because they just had a change of heart it's not because they decided oh you know what it looks better that way it's like they did it because people were complaining and they knew they they'd been had and then they have to have a show of good faith and alter it so it seems like they're listening so it seems like they care about the competitive integrity of the game look if the game was about being competitive that skin never would have made it in the game in the first place yeah when their anti-cheat would work and they <laughs> yeah right right yeah yeah, you can't just put these skins it's not like LA Thieves just got this skin in the game without any uh, moderation or vetting or approvals from the developers and stuff like that like that had to go up the chain and they let it happen on purpose and they knew full well it was going to sell the best they knew it and by the way dude hats off to the thieves for that idea they knew what they were doing too when they made that skin i'm just saying they're very savvy over there i will say that's nade shot right yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. Nade is a is a businessman. Bro. They really are, man. I I I, yeah. I don't even fault them. I'm not saying no, anything I, yeah. about LA Thieves. It is not Props, them, bro. I mean, you you gotta know, like Activision's gonna let it slide, right? So why not? I mean, that's not even their fault, bro. They know Activision their ultimately put it in the game, so they know yeah, their stuff I mean, and they know what the scene wants, and they gave it to them. You know, I I you can't fault them for that. The LA Thieves are just you know they're just trying to get there, and they're also a newer team too. You know what I mean? Like they're coming up, yeah. they're still trying to make a name, and you know that's the last cool. Three or four years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're you know, and they're doing well. Um, uh, that's cool for them. It's not about um like like we said, it's not about like oh we don't like these streamers, we don't like Symphony, or we don't like Huskers, we don't like the Thieves or whatever. 
honestly fan of a lot of these people like i know you watch huskers unironically a lot like you're yeah, like I a watch fan all the time. yeah I, he's cool he's a cool guy he's good at the game like all that stuff like not knocking any of these people it's the fact that there's a system you know i we blame the system that's at play not the don't hate the players hate yeah, the game well you know <laughs> like I think, yeah i mean i think the point is the streamers are being used and they're they're benefiting from it like by happen chance right but it's kind of that mentality of anything that benefits you benefited you coincidentally, mm-hmm. right? Because ultimately the action that was taken was taken in the interest of benefiting the publisher, benefiting Activision. It wasn't, it wasn't taken to benefit Huskers. It wasn't taken to benefit Symphony. It was taken to benefit Activision. And just happenstance also ended up being beneficial or profitable for them. But it, wasn't, it was not done in their interest. Let's just mm-hmm. say that, right? So... Yeah, no, I yeah. totally agree. And by the way, just to, just case in point, Symphony in his last stream from 16 hours ago at the time of making this video is literally using the LA Thief skin. So just to bring it all around, yeah. there's yeah. it's not a it's not a coincidence. <laughs> it's none of it is a coincidence. <laughs> you just connect all the dots, um, and it's also not a coincidence that. Here's a th- you know with a game type like battle royale, which is supposed to be hey we all spawn in on a pretty similar playing field. You pick up guns as you go. A lot of random, a lot of randomness, a lot of variables at play. Uh, so many players that you can run into. So many things that can happen to you in the battle royale game mode. Way more than multiplayer, normal arena multiplayer. So much randomness and uncontrolled variables. Yet, miraculously, some of these players that happen to be the streamers can get 23 nukes they just they seem to have really good luck like like they just never seem to get killed by a hacker they never seem to just have you know uh these these just really random things that if you're in a lobby of people of comparable skill who also can get 23 nukes in a row or whatever uh when you're playing against people of comparable skill like that that would never fly. It would, would never work. Strategies and plays and aggressive play styles that you would be completely punished if you would actually try to go in the game and do it yourself if uh, you were anywhere near this skill level. It's just weird that these random happenstances just don't seem to befall these streamers quite as often as they do if you would do them and you would attempt them, you know? They're just, they always just get the best luck. Yeah, and that's what it is, right? It's luck. It's all luck. That's how they get these. Uh, that's how they do it. They're just lucky guys. Thanks so much for watching. If you enjoyed this video, be sure to leave a like, subscribe to the channel, and let us know your thoughts in the comment section. Check out all of our socials and join the Game Gains Discord for updates, events, community nights, and to interact with us. And for the full unedited version of this podcast, follow the Game Gains podcast. Links in the description.